know me. This is my name is Jana. We're going to record this tonight. That's great. Um, my name is Jana. Um, I, we're going to continue in our Proverbs, you know, where we're at. Proverbs 3. Um, and we're going to do verses 11 through 18 tonight, but I feel like I need to introduce myself because I don't know a lot of you and you probably don't know me. Um, so my name is Jana. I have been married to my husband, Jeremy, for 18 years, and we've been around Blue Ridge for 21 years, which is really hard to believe. I cannot believe I'm that old because I still feel like I'm 20. So when I talk to these 20-year-olds, they're like, you're like so old. <laughs> I feel young. Um, but let's see what else. I've got two daughters, Ella, she's 11, and Olivia is nine. And for my job, I work at BWXT. I've been there for about 11 years. Um, I work part-time as an executive assistant and a procurement specialist, which is basically I get to spend their money, and it's awesome, it's super fun. Um, let's see what else. So I used to serve at Blue Ridge in women's Bible study when we used to call it women's Bible study, and we used to be in this room, so it's really fun to be back here. Um, but about three years ago, God decided to rearrange my idea of ministry, and he kind of took me in a different direction, which involved a lot of introspection and heart work that I had to work through. And about three months ago, I felt like he was saying it's time to get back into a group-type setting of ministry. And I had somebody like present a couple ideas of where I could get involved, um, but as I was praying about those opportunities, all I kept hearing is women's life over and over and so I was like I actually ran into Crystal at Target and I was like I'm supposed to talk to you <laughs> um, and so that is what has led me here to you guys tonight and so I'm really excited to dive into what God has for us but I felt like it was only fair of me to share my story with you guys about a time when I ignored advice given from my parents or taken advice from somebody that did not go well so I am in high school, I'm a senior, and I'm going out with my friends. It was me and my friend and our two eventually prom dates, and we were going out to dinner and we kind of got bored. And so um, I remembered that there's this road, it was a frontage road that kind of had these little like loop-de-loos and then you like turned the corner and they were super fun to drive over. Keeping in mind I was driving my parents' car because I didn't have a car. So naturally, let's go drive the loop-de-loos. So I took them over there and we went, probably about 15 miles an hour and it was super fun. So of course we're like, let's do it again. And me being me, I was like, we have to go faster. So we literally, I'm not even kidding you. We hit that first bump probably at like 35 miles an hour. We literally caught air. I'm not joking. Like the car flew up and we landed on like a, the asphalt was like in a point and we landed on the point and then we like crashed and like whipped around the corner and we were just like what in the world that was awesome it was super fun in my parents car so it was time for me to get headed home and so I went home and dropped off my friend Zach and we looked under the car just to make sure everything was okay while something was leaking and I was like that cannot be good and he said to me just drive as fast as you can and get home you should be fine and I'm like are you sure it's like leaking something's leaking and he said just go you'll be fine keeping in mind I lived 25 minutes away from where I was I drove as fast as I could and about halfway there the car starts like 
sputtering and doing all kinds of things. Well, needless to say, when we crashed on the point of asphalt, we broke the oil pan. All the oil poured out and I seized my parents' engine and I had to work that entire summer to pay them back. So that is my story. My mother is here to attest. She did not believe that her precious daughter would actually go and joyride but indeed I did, and it was a blast. Still to this day, it was a blast. So, guys, we're going to open up the Word, and we're going to talk about Proverbs 3, verses 11 through 18, but let me pray before we dive in and ask God to join us. Um, Lord, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you that your Word does not return void, that in all of our inadequacies, our insecurities, our fears, God, you still are so faithful to us. You love us, and the best part is is you want to use us in those insecurities and those fears that we have. And so, God, would you join us tonight? Would you lead us in our conversations? Would you speak to us to your truth? That's what we're asking in Jesus' name. Amen. So, guys, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about Proverbs, and um, we've been talking about wisdom, but not just any kind of wisdom. We've been talking about godly wisdom. And... Another thing about me is I'm a definition girl. I love definitions. And so I just went straight to these words and I looked them up. And wisdom is defined in the dictionary as the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. So that was a whole lot. So I'm going to read it again, okay? It says that, Wisdom comes not just from the soundness of an action, but by the application of the experience or knowledge of it. And then I looked up the definition of godly wisdom, and I liked how the version in, um, it was everydayhealth.com defined it. it was, I really love the wording of it, so that's what I'm going to use. And it's, it says wisdom, especially spiritual wisdom, is not just about knowing what's good for you, but applying that knowledge into your everyday life. So when you do that, that is when you know you're truly wise. Okay, so just so we can process it again, I'm going to read it again. It says, wisdom, especially spiritual wisdom, is not just about knowing what's good for you, but applying that wisdom or that knowledge into your everyday life. And simply put, if you're following along on your blank, um, Crystal gave away the answer. Knowledge is just knowing information. Okay, so knowledge just in and of itself is just knowing more information, but wisdom is knowledge applied. Okay, so that's the whole goal for tonight. That's the whole goal for this series is that we want to take this godly wisdom that we're learning about, that we're hearing about, we want to obey it, and then we actually want to apply it to our life because that's where true wisdom actually comes from. Okay, so we're going to continue in that tonight. So if you guys have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Proverbs 3. We're going to read verses 11 through 18. Do you guys remember who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon. Solomon, yep. And who was Solomon? Wisest man. He was the wisest man, but he was also the son of David and Bathsheba, yep. Okay, so this is Solomon, and um, if you remember, in the last few weeks, we've talked about um, the like wisdom and value of community. Crystal talked about the, your core friendships. That's super important to be wise about who you allow into that circle. 
Carter talked about trusting God, and then last week we talked about the wisdom in tithing and breaking down idols in our life. And so this week, the portion of scripture that we're going to lead or read is talking about wisdom, but through God's correction and allowing that into our life. So it's going to be really fun. Okay, so let's dive into scripture and let's read this. But let me preface, first of all, just verses 1 through 12. Like it's super important to understand the context of what you're reading. Verses 1 through 12 is an exhortation from Solomon. It's an encouragement from him to his son. And he's urging his son, listen to what I'm saying. Obey what God is asking you to do. So all you mothers out there instantly understand this type of exhortation. You're in the thick of it, raising a kid, trying to impart wisdom to them so they grow up to be a good human. But maybe for you, you're not married, um, but you've had a friend or a family member that has gone down a road that they shouldn't go down, and you've tried to impart wisdom to them. That's exactly what Solomon is saying to us here, okay? So let's read. We're going to read all verses, um, all seven verses, and then I'm going to go back through and break it down. Um, And just so you guys know, this is one thing I don't want to throw you off or anything, but my teaching style is I'm going to talk and I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to talk about it at your table. I'll come back up and you're going to talk. So it's going to be back and forth. Okay. Um, So verse 11 says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. She's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. So let's break this down. We're going to be in verses 11 and 12, and it says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. For the Father, the Lord disciplines those he loves. So I have a question for you guys. Show of hands, who loves to be disciplined? It's your favorite thing in the world. Anybody loves to be disciplined? Nobody loves to be disciplined, right? I would submit to you, this is a natural human reaction. We do not like it. Also, how foreign is this concept that Solomon is encouraging us in? Don't despise his discipline. Don't resent his rebuke, right? That's just not natural for us. Um, It's funny because my youngest daughter, she, when we have started, she's gotten in this habit when we move into some form of correction or discipline in her life, She'll start to say, you don't love me, and starts screaming. She's crying, hysterical. And she literally, her words will be, you don't love me, Mom, because you're punishing me. And in that moment, I have the opportunity to tell her, actually, I'm punishing you because I love you. Because I want your behavior to change. I love you enough to not allow you to continue in this type of behavior. And guys, that is exactly what Solomon is saying to us here. He knows that his son won't like discipline. He knows that we won't like discipline, right? But he's saying, don't despise it, because why? It's for our benefit. It's to make us better. That's why God allows it in our life. 
And so as I was thinking through this, you know, if we're trying to process this and try to really apply it to our life, because that's what wisdom says to do, why is it so hard for us to welcome and encourage this type of discipline in our life? And I was thinking, I was like, what are some personality traits that could be this? And you might not fit into these categories, but some of the ones that I came up with are maybe you're um, a perfectionist and like the thought of failing just like sends you into a tailspin, right? You cannot fail. Or maybe for you, you're the performer who strives on um, accolades and that perception of achievement. Um, maybe for you, growing up, your um, family operated on this um, output mentality. So if the report card had to be perfect in order for you to receive love, that could be another form. Or maybe for you, you just flat out don't like being told what to do. You're like, I just don't like being controlled. Don't tell me what to do. These are all natural human reactions. You have the overthinker. You have the person that is ruled by insecurity. Or you have the people pleaser, right? So for me, when my eyes are not on Jesus, why I hate discipline is because I tend to operate out of that perfectionist mentality or the people pleaser mentality. And so the thought of letting someone down is like the ultimate discipline and it kills me. I'm like, I cannot let someone down. Or like perfection, that it has to be perfect or else that means I'm a failure. And over these last three years, what God is redefining in my life is that's just simply not true. It is false thinking and society, the world, social media wants us to believe that it's true. It's not true, right? We need God for these things. And so I want you guys to stop for a minute and I want you to talk about in your group. Um, the question is, we know we all struggle with receiving discipline, but why do you personally struggle with it? If we know it's for our good, why do you personally struggle with implementing it in your life? So take some time, talk about that. And you guys, it's your time to be open and vulnerable. Super fun things we love to do as women, but take a chance on your girls tonight. Okay, I'll be back up.